Hey, and welcome back to Laramore Podcast, uh, laramorepodcast.com. Joining me are the uh, the baseball brains of the operation, if you will, uh, my good friend Nick Schlain, uh, at Electric Snuff, S-N-U-F-F on Twitter, um, and now freelancing with The Athletic Detroit. Uh, Nick, how are you doing today? Great, Ryan. How about yourself? Oh, I am well-rested and, and ready to tackle the uh, the day that was MLB trade deadline day. Um, so I, I guess let's we'll get right into it. Uh, the market today... Uh, it didn't seem to bear a lot of huge returns. Um, kind of using that scale, how do you think the Tigers did? Uh, we'll start first with the trade of J.D. Martinez. Well, the J.D. Martinez trade, the Tigers were basically just forced to trade Martinez. He was about to be a free agent at the end of the season, and the Tigers had made it clear over the last year and a half, two years or so, that they were not going to pursue Martinez in free agency. He's just out of their price range uh, at this point. So, um, and then due to the, the new collective bargaining uh, agreement, um, the, the compensation rules for free agents changed with the qualifying offer. So if they had offered Martinez the qualifying offer and he declined it and signed somewhere else, um, that would have only netted the Tigers a uh, fifth round pick instead of in prior years, you would have gotten a, a pick, right after the first round, also known as a sandwich pick. So um, that rule change, along with the power league-wide that is prevalent in the game today, I think eight teams are on pace to set their franchise records for home runs this season. Um, Those factors drove down the market for J.D. Martinez, and the Tigers did the best they could, but it just wasn't that much. you look at what they got in return. Uh, Dual Lugo, the shortstop. He's a shortstop right now, but he projects to to be a third baseman. And then they got two other shortstops who are further away from the majors. None of them are top 100 prospects in all of baseball. So the Tigers didn't make out so well in that trade just because of the the, the timing of the situation. I, I think if you look at Monday, the trade deadline day the two best position players that were traded were Adam Rosales, who's a utility man, uh, was traded to the Diamondbacks only because the Diamondbacks starting shortstop uh, uh, was in, uh, in, got injured the day before. So that was really just an injury situation. And then uh, the Orioles traded for Tim Beckham, who's a shortstop, plays with the Rays, and he can play around the infield. And it's kind of the same similar uh, situation they just got another uh, you know another body in the infield so talking about basically no good position players were moved before the deadline and it just shows you that the market just wasn't there for them well that's what I was going to ask because uh, when when JD Martinez was traded I think a lot of people including myself uh, kind of looked at the timing of it and and just thought you know did you have to do that deal now um, seeing seeing what went down around the league, uh, do you have any inkling where it, it sounds like um, what you're saying is is they probably would not have gotten much more if they had waited until you know this weekend or today to get that trade done? They might not have gotten anything. I mean, it just seems like the other the the contending teams that were looking didn't really have major needs in the outfield. They weren't going to commit big time prospects to trading for 
you know, J.D. Martinez, not enough, not enough teams viewed him as an, a significant upgrade. Um, and, and, and part of that had to do with uh, his defense. His defense, according to the advanced metrics, um, just isn't, isn't great. So you're talking about a guy who is probably one of the 10 best hitters in all of baseball, but he's giving away some of the value on defense. And also he was about to be a free agent. And the Diamondbacks, the reason that trade happened when it happened was the Diamondbacks told the Tigers that if you don't take this offer right now, then we're going to move on and go to another team. And, and the Tigers really couldn't afford to lose a suitor like the Diamondbacks um, just because they, they didn't have better offers. And they didn't, you know, it's pretty clear they were not going to get a better offer if they had not traded J.D. Martinez. I, I think a lot of the scouts around that time uh, were saying that, you know, the Tigers, a lot of people are not going to be happy with this return because he's J.D. Martinez. He's a fan favorite and, and a great hitter. But really – this is the best they could have done by far. It's just happened to be that the, the market for uh, position players just wasn't there. I mean, you look at a guy like Yonder Alonso has 22 home runs for the athletics as a first baseman. Nobody traded for him either. Gotcha. And, and I, I think uh, the, the average person commenting on, on a MLB trade um, doesn't, doesn't get a good enough scope of, of what market value is or, or what the market is. Uh, so I, I do think when you hear the reaction to just about any trade, it's obviously um, you know you should you should take that with a grain of salt and, and do some research as to um, you know what might be going on. But at the at the time, there really wasn't a market, so it was you know we have to we had to at the time uh, take Avila's word in that that was you know the best available trade out there. Um, in, in hindsight, like, like you said, I mean it, it they. They kind of, they had to move him, otherwise they they lost significant value in in what you're getting back for him. Um, although a, a sandwich pick might convince me, but uh, but that's just me. <laughs> um, well, if they you know if they if they had the opportunity to to get a sandwich pick, so if they had the old rules, then maybe you might have seen them them keep him. But at least when you're trading for you know the prospects they got. Uh, you know, you're not waiting until next year's draft. So at least these guys are, you know, in your system. They're already professionals. Um, you know, there are some benefits to to taking these guys who you kind of know what they are instead of a draft pick, which is you know, you're not uh, sure. Yeah, complete that, unknown. That could end up being really. Well, I think too. I, I mean, guys who seem like nothing turn into something all the time. Now, I'm not. I'm not saying go out and make deals based on that premise, but. Um, Sometimes quantity isn't a bad thing, and and um, speaking of quantity, the uh, the Tigers also traded uh, Justin Wilson for similar position players. Uh, they have a uh, Heimer Candelario. Candelario. We <laughs> I tried so hard to say that, and uh, and they got back uh, another shortstop slash third baseman in Isaac Perdeas. Um, what do you make of the Justin Wilson trade today? Well, the Wilson trade, I think, gives the Tigers the Tigers are getting more upside um, in this trade than than in the Martinez trade. I think the Martinez trade, um, Lugo, the centerpiece, doesn't have as much upside even as um, as Candelario, and I think Paredes of the five infielders that the Tigers have acquired in, in these two trades, I think Paredes has the highest upside of all of them. I think Paredes. 
is only he's only 18 or 19, but um, he's got almost 40 doubles in uh, the Midwest League so far this year. And um, you know, when when he gets older and his body fills out a little, I think uh, you know some of those are going to turn into home runs. And uh, you know, he gives them a real power projection here that these other hitters don't really don't really project. I mean, Candelario is he's got really good numbers in AAA this season. Um, I think he has over 40 extra base hits already, but he, uh, you know, scouts are not sure if he has enough power to really be a, a consistent, you know, 20 home run, uh, hitter in, in the big leagues. That's not what his, what he's projected for. He's a polished hitter, um, with a good awareness of the strike zone and he, he takes pitches um, he's got great walking numbers in the minor leagues, and I, I couldn't be more encouraged by his minor league numbers. But at the same time, um, when he gets to the majors, if he does not hit for power, you have got to wonder if teams will continue to walk him. So that makes his uh, his ceiling, you know, a, l- a little questionable. Um, Paredes is the one guy in all these trades who um, carries you know, both a floor and a ceiling. It seems like uh, he, he seems like a solid uh, player. He could, there is still potential that he could stick at shortstop. Although, you know, it seems like just like uh, the rest of these guys, that he'll have to, he'll have to eventually move to, uh, to third base. Um, but he's got a strong arm and uh, potentially a, a, a big power bat. So um, it's not hard to see that, that you know he has that projection; these other guys don't. So Paredes, for me, immediately becomes the most interesting player in the Tigers minor league systems. I mean, they they have um, they already had some interesting pitchers. I think that's why uh, they they targeted. It's no, it's no coincidence that they targeted a bunch of shortstops and third basemen in these trades. I, I think um, you know Alavila said that this doesn't really have anything to do with Nick Castellanos, but it's pretty clear, you know, in getting Lugo and Candelario that the Castellanos is not long for a third base at Comerica Park. I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about what they're going to do uh, in the future in terms of team building, but I think it's pretty clear that Castellanos uh, will be playing another position very shortly because Candelario uh, could be in the majors right now. They they chose to send him to, to AAA, but he's, he's played in the majors for parts of the season each of the last two years with the Cubs. And, uh, you know, he's obviously blocked there by Chris Bryant, but Castellanos is no Chris Bryant. So I think Candelario is a guy, you know, who should be a regular player for the Tigers next year at third base. So, and and that's always interesting when you when you get a player in one of those in one of these deals where, uh, you, you know, you're going to see this player relatively soon, as as opposed to some of this, you know, the uh, you might not ever see a Jose King. Um, you know, it it's it's one of those. It's cool to get a a immediate um, look at some of these guys, but. Uh, it, it sounds like maybe patience is going to be a virtue, uh, which which I think is going to end up being a quite a theme here um, in the in the coming months, um, as far as patience is concerned. And and speaking of patience, uh, the the Tigers today um, notably did not trade Justin Verlander. Uh, we kind of touched on this in in our uh, in our 
podcast a, a couple weeks ago in that I believe you you even said, you know, the Tigers do not have to trade Justin Verlander uh, when, you know, it was the peak of the hot stove talk with him and uh, you were hearing about, you know, all the suitors he had. Um, and, and we actually, we exchanged texts and we we're kind of talking about like if, if Verlander gets traded, um, I mean, that's kind of worth a, like, I don't want to call it like a farewell show. Right. But like, it's, it, it, I think he kind of carries with him, um, kind of this era of Tigers baseball that, um, will not die. <laughs> but, uh, so I guess what is, what is Justin Verlander still being here? mean for the, the the franchise if anything i mean it means it means everything i, I think it it shows that uh you know when when, when they were you know when, when we last talked when it was at the peak of you know the trade talk about him and it seems like the cubs are, are watching him very intently and and they're you know the astros are maybe interested and so are the dodgers and it's like oh well the dodgers and, and cubs well those are teams that you know, spend a lot of money, they, they might not even mind uh, his big contract. Well, there were a few different things the Tigers could do. Of course, the Tigers could not trade him, which everybody thought was probably the most likely scenario. But also, they could, you know, basically dump his salary and let another team give them a subpar return, and the Tigers would let that other team also take, you know, the contract. Or the Tigers could pay a certain amount of the contract in order to get a better prospect return. And we were kind of debating which of those last two options was more realistic. And, and we obviously know which would be better for the Tigers' long-term uh, outlook, which would be ownership stepping up and, and paying down the contract to get better players. But it just it never materialized because the Tigers were never really interested in that. I, I was wondering about the viability or, you know, of, of that to begin with was – with the Tigers, who have thrown so much money at this team over the last few years, would they really invest that money in their future and go towards a full rebuild? And that's not really what they're doing at all. I mean, you, you, uh, you know, I think the worst thing they could do would have been to just dump his salary because then, yeah, then that, so then that, we're just talking about be, a number, be, right. a number in a book, some right, but not doing that and not trading him, you are sticking with the same old, same old. I mean, Berlander just won this last game against the Astros was his uh, his second win in his last 13 games. I mean, he's been pitching better of late, since certainly better since his last five starts, five, six starts since that Cleveland game. He's, his ERA has been around three. But, um, you know, it's, it's still a struggle on both sides. He struggles to get through five or six innings pretty much every fifth day. And the Tigers either don't score enough for him or the bullpen blows the game. Anyway, it's, it's very hard for him to win here still. Um, so you do have all these these problems that are still here. But uh, if you look at the Tigers going about their rebuild, the Tigers are really only trading guys when they absolutely have to before their value just sort of disappears. Um, the J.D. Martinez thing is a great example of this. The Tigers didn't want to trade J.D. Martinez, but they really were forced to by the trade deadline because they would have ended up walking away with basically nothing. And Justin Wilson, obviously they could have kept him, but he was having a career year, 
and he was only going to be here for one year anyway, one more year anyway. And Alex Avila uh, was a pending free agent. So you package both of them in the trade and you get, you know, some stuff that you want. But I don't expect the Tigers to go into the offseason and all of a sudden trade Michael Fulmer and Justin Verlander and Nick Castellanos and Ian Kinsler and Jose Iglesias. I don't think that's going to happen. So basically, they're going to come back with all of the same guys. Uh, I've heard that before. Just not JD, just not JD <laughs> and, and Justin Wilson. But they'll have all the same other guys. Alex Avila will probably come back on a, uh, a cheap uh, uh, one-year contract. And, hey, he might get traded at the deadline again next year. This entire thing could, uh, could happen again. Um, uh, this, is but, all, uh, this is already a deja vu season. It, it's, it's, it's interesting because um, I, I, I think personally, and, and I understand what happened on the market today, but at the same time, there's this voice in my mind that says, um, not so much that I expected more, but I'm I'm ready to have it torn down. Um, and and the Illiches, uh, whether it be the Red Wings or the Tigers, are not taking a you know burn it to the ground approach. It appears. Um, I guess things could change in the spring, and you know who knows, maybe they take a different direction. But I like you said, it seems a lot like their plan is to um, keep enough around. I guess uh, until in, until you can get rid of it at at a cost, but not necessarily at its peak value. Um, what I and that's not to say that they didn't get peak value for for what they traded um, in terms of you know what was out there. But what does that do for a timeline on a rebuild? I guess uh, is there uh, you would know this better than I. Um, I mean, is there a model for that? Like, is there a team that has taken a similar approach in and that you can think of or that you can compare this to? I mean, the team that everybody likes to compare the Tigers to because oh, no. of the situation that the Tigers are in with their guaranteed contracts that they're saddled with, the team that everyone likes to compare them oh, to. Oh, I put this on a is, T for you. Go ahead. Is the, the, the Phillies yeah. <laughs> are the team that everyone and, – and, and we know how – that ended with the Phillies. It ended in tears. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, the Tigers, like people are, are comparing them to, you know, if, if you're trying to compare what the Tigers are doing to, um, you know, even what that, the White Sox have done in the last year or two, you can't even compare. The White Sox have been very, very aggressive about their rebuild. And it, it's hard to compare the White Sox and the Tigers because the, the, the White Sox, the contracts that they had were advantageous uh, to them because they could, there was a trade market for Jose Quintana and Chris sale and Dave Robertson and all these other guys that they traded. Uh, the Tigers are stuck with, you know, Jordan Zimmerman and, and Verlander and, and Cabrera that they would like to trade. I mean, Obviously, they publicly say that they're very happy with Verlander and they'll be very happy if Verlander ends his career here. But really, Verlander's the only one of the Tigers' big-money players um, who you know, should bring anything special back in a trade. It just so happens now that the Tigers, you know, they, they overvalue Verlander a, a little too much in the, in the trade discussions or, or just aren't willing to um, you know, eat a certain amount of money um, that would give them a really special return, you know, just for how it would look publicly. 
But I mean, they have uh, you know they have a problem here with the payroll, and and if Verlander and and Kinsler, they they just got into a weird situation with all of this. So so when they signed Upton and Zimmerman, and then didn't make the playoffs last year, you know, last off season was the time to trade Verlander and Kinsler. That was those guys had were coming off of great seasons. Verlander had almost won the Cy Young, finished second. And and Kinsler had a much better season last year. He hit 30 home runs. So that had a, was had a great you know, World they, Baseball Classic too. So maybe even if you wanted to sneak him out before the season, he I feel like there was a lot of Ian, Ian Kinsler talk going into uh, into spring training. Well, I mean, if you if you're going to trade one of those guys, for me, it's like if you're going to trade one of those guys, then you pretty much have to trade them all because you know for the the trades that they've made. Were, were just because their hand was forced because they don't want to put more money into the team, basically. I mean, if they wanted to put more money into the team, then you keep J.D. Martinez and you keep Justin Wilson. They're, they're not going to go out and spend big on free agents this offseason. They're just going to stick with everybody they have. And they're not going to, you know, I don't think that they're going to trade, you know, the entire infield and just Michael Fulmer and Verlander. I mean, I don't think drastic moves like that are are coming. I think uh, you know, it's, they, it's going to be really, just their hand was forced with uh, with Jake. Martinez yeah. and and Wilson these, in these trades. I mean, they like to talk about how they're rebuilding, but uh, teams like the White Sox and before them uh, the Astros and Cubs, those rebuilds were, and again, those teams were not in the same situation as the Tigers. Those teams did not have. $145 million already committed uh, to the, to the team next season, you know? Um, and the, and the Tigers, you know, keep saying that they don't have a, a there's no mandate to, to lower the payroll. So yeah, he, he came um, out and said that again today, which I, I mean, if, if you're keeping Justin Verlander around, um, I guess that is a, uh, a, at least for now, a signal that, yeah, maybe there's no, there's no finite number that they need to get to or get below, um, which is interesting because that I, I mean that means you know they're not just trying to lower the number for the sake of lowering the number, but the number doesn't mean anything if if you know you're not filling out the roster with the best possible uh, lineup. But I, I understand what you're saying. They're in this uh, they're they're in a sticky situation with a lot of these guys. Um, and actually, the the more you talk about it, the more and more it sounds like. Uh, the exact same thing the Red Wings are going through. So again, I, I think I I think we kind of mentioned this, or I kind of mentioned this last time. Like it's almost like a it's an Illich business model um, that is is suddenly, um, not so suddenly really, but um, it, it's catching up with both of these teams. I think where um, one you're going for it all, which uh, I'm never going to complain about uh, an owner who wants to spend his money. Uh, to try to bring a championship. Um, it didn't work, and uh, I'm not thrilled with that, and it, it quite it hurts, quite frankly. I, I, like, I, I'm never for going to forget this era of, of Tigers baseball. Um, but it, it's, it's just it's one of those things where you go for it all, and now you have to pay the consequences of going for it all. And, uh, and here we are. And I, uh, I actually I posted last night by the way, um, at like 2 in the morning, so don't judge me too hard. <clears throat> but I, I posted that uh, that uh, 
David Ortiz home run in 2013. Because I was just, no. yeah, yeah, I posted it on my on my Facebook. Because I was just thinking, like, looking back, that's uh, and that's where it ended, and uh, and we're still they're still paying the residuals for that. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, so I, I guess so. We touched on the trades, but I, I do want to circle back real quick to um, the situation where you're bringing in shortstop. Uh, short stops and third baseman. Granted, uh, there's plenty of room in the system for all these guys. I, I, there's um, there's enough minor leagues to go around, I think, to where you can stick these guys. Um, and they're they're obviously at varying stages of their of their careers. Um, but kind of circling back to what what you would do or what you think their plans are for a guy like Nick Castellanos, who um, is right now occupying that third base spot. Um, you know, coming coming up to arbitration soon uh is is he a, does he have a future with the tigers at third base or um or, or somewhere somewhere else or a, a different uh different team altogether well i wouldn't rule out a different team altogether but um at the same time victor martinez is not producing and next season is the last season on victor's contract and castianos has trouble playing third base. Let's just leave it at that. And I think Castellanos is an obvious guy to move to first base and, you know, have him and and Cabrera basically share first base and designated hitter. And uh, uh, Candelario, who was acquired in the the Wilson trade from the Cubs, he can be the everyday third baseman as soon as, you know, tomorrow if if they really wanted. So I think basically... Um, you know, Cassiano should be on high alert for when they come to him and ask him to move off of third base. And I think Victor Martinez, you know, major league contracts are guaranteed. Victor Martinez shows up for every day next season and, uh, you know, he doesn't have to, he'll collect all of his money and, and no one can tell him anything differently. But uh, if I was the Tigers, I would definitely at least approach him about a buy, possible buyout for the 2018 season. And that would free up designated hitter for uh, Cabrera and Castellanos to both still be regular players. If Victor doesn't, isn't interested in the buyout, then, you know, he can just be a very expensive bench guy. I mean, <laughs> how's it? Maybe as a coaching Tigers, career. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe he could be a, a bench coach or, or let him manage for that money. Um, well, I, I think <laughs> we'll have to find some the, uh, different the stuff for him to do. The managerial salary in the majors by by far, and the only player coach. <laughs> well, oh, oh, you'd have him still playing. Uh, uh, he would write his name in the lineup every day. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> um, I, my expectations for next season aren't high anyway. So if you added this drama to it, this actually might act, th- this would give you reason to watch. Um, well, here's, I, here's I, what I'm saying though. I'm <laughs> saying. They're not going to be that bad. Everyone, everyone says, oh, they're going to be so bad. Well, think about it, okay? They're going to have, I'm saying, if they don't tear it down, if they don't make major trades, I'm saying basically if they keep everyone they have right now. So this is the same exact rotation that people were optimistic about a few months ago, three, three four months ago, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> then you would, you know, instead of Victor – who is struggling a lot this season, instead of him, you would have Candelario. And Candelario would be a better fielder than 
Castellanos. So already we're, you know, that's, that's found money right there. Um, and then what if Miguel Cabrera is healthy? Well, you just replaced uh, J.D. Martinez. <laughs> uh, we're going into what ifs and healthy. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. You didn't think this was going into what ifs and healthy? I, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, no, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying. I, this uh, It's just that coming down from where the Tigers were, not that bad. It feels like this is bad, I, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> Even though... Even though uh, I mean, uh, I mean, peak peak Leland was uh, was not exactly riding high, like the highest, right? But it, it feels lower than it is because of where the Tigers have come from. So um, I, I'm I'm with you. I I don't see with the way things are progressing. I don't see like a dark ages per se. Uh, but it's yeah, it, it, the the flip of the coin team isn't um, doesn't feel that good either. And, and I think flip of the coin might even be a little bit generous. Well, yeah. I mean, what we're talking about is maybe they could be wild card contenders. It's obviously it's a not a great spot to be in. Um, but and and uh, the bullpen will still be a tremendous issue. Will definitely, you know, the bullpen is where they have their most question marks now with trading Wilson. That's that's for sure. And also the outfield, uh, you know. I don't think Justin Upton is going to opt out. I think Justin Upton will be back, and I think Matsu, you know, will be back. I don't think the Tigers really do anything major to address center field and free agency. Uh, so the out, but the outfield, you know, there is a situation I, I suppose where Justin Upton maybe does opt out, and then it's like, well, Matsu is really the only guy you have ready to go in the outfield. So yeah, that would be that would be a, a horror show. But I think. I think Upton will be back. I think Matuk is, you know, second division starter type of guy. He's not a he's not a starter on a on a you know playoff team, but he'll be serviceable. Um, and then left field. So so your big problems for next year are left field and the bullpen. But I also think those are problems that you can address cheaply in free agency. And I know the whole thing is about well, the Tigers don't want to spend big in free agency. They wouldn't be that bad bringing in, you know, a guy on his last legs like Curtis Granderson. Um, you know, I think I think. Oh, that is such easy money. Like that's right, I, I, it's, right, right. It's such right. an you easy sell, and and yeah, that that people would love that move, even if yeah, I I get where you're going there. Okay, so I'm just saying there are ways that you can market this team, you can sell this team next year because. The other thing is the central division is still the central division. <laughs> this is if you the... have a a healthy JV and Miggy, I'm not saying you will. I'm not saying we didn't this year. Those guys are not playing up to their up to their billing this year. But as long as you have those guys and you're not trading everybody, then you're going to have a puncher's chance in the division. And it's still the Tigers. It's still baseball. You know, maybe maybe they don't sign Curtis Granderson, but they're going to do something with left field before next year. I don't think they'll just go with all these guys like Jacoby Jones and stuff that they did in, in center field, uh, you know, like this year. Absolutely. They'll do something. Uh, they'll, the, they'll make it fun. Come on down to Comerica Park. We'll do something. 
<laughs> I mean, I'd go. Look, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to be the favorites of the wild card or anything like that. I'm I'm just saying if you think they're going to trade everybody and and really and win only like 63 games or something next oh, year, no, no, no. I just don't see it happening. I, I, maybe that would be better for their long term outlook. Maybe it would be better to be more aggressive, to be more like the White Sox, but. Um, you know, right now the Tigers have four of the top 100 prospects on on uh, MLB.com, and uh, I think the White Sox have something like seven. But there aren't that many teams that have more than four, like the Tigers. So um, they've made their system better. They're probably, you know, somewhere in the middle of the pack, somewhere around 15th best farm system in the game. Um, they did fine at the trade deadline. They, they did what they're doing. They're not going to just tear it down and and completely rebuild so calling it a rebuild is Is kind of uh, unfair giving them a little too much yeah uh okay so i'm gonna put this one on a t for you um and uh if you you can hit it out of the park here uh so with uh justin wilson gone uh no no closer um that that we can see what what is uh what is the tiger's best option at closer well like i i wrote for the athletic uh before you know, like about about a month ago, I said oh, Shane Green closed closer of the future, and uh, and Osmus uh, said before the game today that that uh, uh, Green uh, was named the closer. All right. Well, so you can read insights such as that and, and a lot more. Uh, you can follow Nick at Electric Snuff on Twitter, and then uh, also give the Athletic Det a follow because uh, they'll tweet out Nick's stuff. Um, and and honestly, give the subscription's worth a shot. Um, I, I'm not saying everyone's going to pay for it and immediately find value in it, uh, but I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, and that's not just because Nick comes on the podcast. I actually, before Nick was even writing uh, freelance with with the Athletic, I had uh, I had already purchased a month. So um, yeah, I, I give it a shot. I guess <laughs> I'm sure the Athletic will appreciate that endorsement. <laughs> They're not paying either either of us enough for this uh, for this advertising. Yeah, it's it's hardly advertising. Okay, well, uh, so check that out. Uh, I am uh, at Laramore Podcast. If you want to yell at me or make fun of me or uh, it, I don't know, whatever you want to do, uh, that's where I am. Uh, thanks for checking us out. And uh, Nick, we will talk next when there's something interesting. Um, when the Tigers trade everyone and feel the team strictly named Martinez or something like that. Um, would you, would you, would you, I would watch that once just to like, that'd be kind of funny. That's some video game stuff though. I think I might, I think I might bust out the, uh, how many, how many kids does Victor have? We can, I know, uh, his, his son, everybody likes, well, he, he'd be one of them. Oh, little Victor. Oh man. (laughs) All right. Well, so yeah, we're out of here, but thanks Nick. I appreciate it. And, uh, and, uh, keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Laramore podcast.com.